Welcome in to another edition of Divorce Force Podcast. My name is Adam, and I'm very excited to introduce the next guest. He has over 20 years of experience in minor league baseball and is currently the assistant general manager of the Bowie Bay Sox, the AA affiliate of the Baltimore Orioles. Please welcome Phil. Bye, everybody. Woo-woo. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, excited to have you on. And i like to start off by, obviously, you have a lot of years in minor league baseball. But where did that all begin for you, whether you played, uh, you know, youth sports growing up, or was that something that was instilled, you know, within your family at an early age? So uh, from the, the Boston area, Massachusetts, so Boston sports were, were part of it for me growing up. Um, you know, my dad and I, when I was a youngster, we would, you know, go to Red Sox games and Celtics games and Bruins games. The Patriots weren't so good back then in the, in the uh, you know, mid eighties or so, uh, a couple of years there where, you know, Super Bowl and, and stuff, but you know, for the most part, it was a little rough for them, but, um, I, I've told this story a few times before, but. Uh, I, I remember vividly the the Celtics winning the 1986 NBA championship against Houston. And, <laughs> you know, back then the games were on CBS. And uh, I still, for nostalgia's sake, will go on to YouTube and, and you know, watch the, the opening and the music and stuff. Just to kind of, <laughs> you know, relive that in my mind with my dad, who's no longer with us. But I, I remember vividly them winning the championship and that team to me was the greatest 12 guys ever to go on a basketball court in one team. I mean, they were unstoppable. And in the post-game interview, they're in the, they're, you know, in the locker room, they're giving the Larry O'Brien trophy to, to Larry Bird. And, and uh, the interviewer, the reporter said to him, you know, so, you know, it's been a long year. What do you do now? And he says, I'll be back out shooting jumpers tomorrow, getting ready to defend <laughs> this thing next, you know, next season. And 11 year old Phil Rye here said, well, if Larry's going to go out and start shooting jumpers tomorrow, well, I, I, I need to go out and start shooting jumpers, too. So I had my dad pull the car back in our driveway where my, my hoop was. And, and I went out an hour after the Celtics won the championship and was was shooting jumpers because <laughs> because why? I have no idea. But. If it was good enough for Larry to, to want to defend it, then then it was good enough for me to have to go out and, and you know work on my game too. Um, so that's that's what I did, and um, so you know from the beginning it was you know there's not a there's not a lot of big time college sports up in the New England area. You know you have certain things, but you know where it's not Alabama football or whatever. <laughs> so for us it's big four sports, and that's what's always stuck with me, and and. Uh, kind of knew that 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 was my niche um I, I was not a good player in anything um <laughs> you know I, I I wasn't I tried hockey I tried baseball I tried out for basketball in like middle school and you know I, I wasn't good enough to to ascend too far there in my athletic career so I said well it's got to be somewhere else if I'm <laughs> if I'm going to do this <laughs> so um that's kind of what got me into the into the business side yeah, that's awesome. And you talk about, you know, regardless of your skill level, you still wanted to go out there and shoot hoops. I mean, taking those extra steps um, and talk about how that has helped you professionally 
you know, just doing those little things, you know, that seems so small, but can be, you know, not only tremendous, you know, as an individual contributor, but has helped you, um, you know, in leadership as well. Yeah, I think, you know, I, and I, I credit my dad and, and my parents for this, but, <laughs> you know, I think I was, I was instilled with the, I don't know if it's a, if it's a gene or a, uh, uh, you know, a, a mental preparedness for, um, you know, working hard, uh, knowing the value of a dollar, you know, knowing how much energy I had to expend to earn that dollar or those dollars. Um, you know, I'm not a, a person that's just going to go out and buy something just <laughs> for the sake of buying it. Um, my, my wife always laughs at me, but you know, before we got married, we were dating and, you know, I needed a new mattress for my bed and <laughs> it took me like six months to actually buy it. Um, I had to make sure it's the one I wanted. I have to go, <laughs> I had to go lay on it in the store. I mean, mattresses aren't cheap. They're, no, know, they're a not. thousand bucks or, so, or more. And, you know, I, I work hard for that. I, I, I sit there and I go, how many nights I, I worked on my couch, um, you know, after I came home for, for the day and, and how much extra work I had to do to do things. So for me, it's, um, you know, it's more about the, you know, the effort, the energy put into something and, and what comes out of that. And I've always tried to, you know, to lead by that um, and, and, and show by example to those that either work with me or who are in, in my department or who I oversee. Um, you know, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't work. But uh, I, my hope is if, if they see me putting in ultra max effort uh, all and that's what they're going to give me in return um, and give the organization in return. Yeah, I love that. Um, you know, effort is, is 100% and doing those little things is huge as well. Um, I want to touch on that first job with the Bowie Bay Sox. You're a sales executive. What was that like? And, you know, what were some of the lessons that you learned during that time uh, that it helped you progress and in your role now as a sense of GM? Well, when I joined the Bay Sox, I, I came aboard at the end of January of, of 1999. And, and um, so the, the sales season in minor league baseball pretty much begins when the following season ends. You might take <laughs> a little bit of a little bit of kind of downtime after the season to put together your proofs of performance and make your appointments and go back out and start your renewal process. Well, all that stuff had already happened in the organization. So I came aboard basically with a little over two months until opening day. <laughs> and I had not worked in minor league baseball before I was coming aboard as the new sales guy in a department of, three people actually four people who who had been there previously um and and had been there for at least one or two years if not longer and um so in in the 
the the kind of the hierarchy i was you know i was the bottom of the shoe <laughs> um <laughs> and you know i i got what the bottom of the shoe gets in terms of renewals and and <laughs> leads and things like that so i was the guy that had to you know and you're thinking back in 1999 there weren't cell phones there weren't yep. <laughs> you, you know you, you barely had email um, and stuff like that. So my job every day, I mean, we had phone books to open up and my job every day was really just trying to sell ticket plans and groups to individuals and, and organizations. And, you know, a lot of the larger companies in the, in the region already had representatives in our office dealing with them. So I had to kind of go out there and, and try some different things and try to mine uh, some different opportunities and sometimes they worked, sometimes they didn't, but from an early on, I mean, I, I moved to Maryland and I didn't know anybody. Um, <laughs> I had never been to Maryland before. So coming from Boston, driving, you know, eight hours to Maryland, getting an apartment and starting to work two days later for me, you know, in, in my profession was actually, I, I think a little beneficial because it wasn't like I was coming home and running out and going to do 80 different things. So I didn't mind staying later. I didn't mind, you know, combing the the phone books to start my day the next day with a list of people or companies that I was going to try to reach out to uh, instead of walking in at 830 or whatever and then opening the phone book and trying to figure out who I was going to call. I already had that set up. Um, for the next day. And of course, emails made it a little bit easier and the internet's made it a lot easier to do searches and things, but I didn't have the benefit of that to start with. So, um, you know, I was on average probably calling 50, 60, 70 uh, individuals and companies a day <laughs> trying to, to book events at the ballpark uh, for my first two years uh, with the Bay Sox. Yeah, that's awesome. And, and talk about the Obviously, there's a lot of individuals looking to get into sports. You know, we're on um, graduation season right now. Um, talk about how instrumental your that sales experience was. And do you encourage people to get into sales as a way into the sports industry? I, I really do, especially in the minor leagues. Um, the, you know, in the minor leagues, you get a chance to experience a, a lot more of the business aspect of the game, um, the, the more you're willing to do. Um, so for, for me and, and for those that I, I speak to a lot, sales is the lifeblood of minor league sports. <laughs> You know, we're not as an assistant GM, I'm not sitting here, you know, calling a guy up from a ball or sending a guy to AAA or drafting the next phenom. I have nothing to do with that. <laughs> our organization has nothing to do with that. We get our players from the Baltimore Orioles. They yeah. send them to us <laughs> and they decide when their time with us is over and they either go up, down, out or, or retire. <laughs> um, so, you know, we have to bring people into the stadium to watch the team play and to come in for the events that we're hosting. So for us and, and for our business and for our industry, sales is the lifeblood. And, and something that I kind of, you know, I, I've seen over the years, I've interviewed a lot of people I've hired for a lot of positions and, you know, there tends to be a little bit more 
uh, more applicants towards those positions that may not be quote unquote sales directed directed um, like <laughs> public relations, media relations, um, community relations, things like that. Um, but I could make the argument that being a PR person for a minor league team, that person needs to be your number one salesperson. Um, they're the ones that have the ability to get your events into the mainstream media and it doesn't cost you anything. Um, you know, any advertising or promotion of your events that you can get for no dollars uh, out there, whether it's through a press release, whether it's through a relationship with a TV station or a radio station or a DJ or whatever it is, that's beneficial to your organization because you can use the dollars in a different area to try to attract new customers, maybe try a different technique uh, or something like that. So I can make that case on a daily basis that your PR person has to be your best salesperson. Now, they're not picking up the phone and, and calling individuals <laughs> trying to get them to buy a group or a ticket plan, but they can try to get your, your stuff out to the masses in one in one fell swoop versus trying to call you know 200 people to to spread that same word so um you know i think to ascend up to where i'm at and even higher whether it's a gm or or you know a, a vice president or something like that of a minor league team i think you have to you have to do and understand the sales process because if you don't, you're not going to understand how minor league baseball really operate or minor league sports. It could be hockey. It could be soccer. It could be tennis. It doesn't matter. Um, without people in the seats, you know, and this is another thing, without people in the seats, your sponsorships don't have any value. The more people that are in your seats, the more the billboards are worth the more that the ads on the video board are worth the more that the ads in the in the game program are worth etc cetera, etc cetera. so if you bring in 50,000 people a year your ads are worth x if you bring in 200,000 people a year your ads are worth four times x if you bring in 600,000 people a year your ads are worth 10 times x um, because more eyeballs are seeing it so you know that's that's a just a basic equation but you know, you really have to kind of look at that. And if you ascend and you know, if you want to ascend to be in a management position, assistant GM, GM, vice president, president, whatever, um, sales is is a, a large part of that. And if you don't know how to do it and do it well and do it properly, you can't teach those that are coming into your organization how to do it well and do it properly. So you learn by trial and fire and and. Uh, you know, and, and other means too. But, you know, if you're, if you're not willing to pick up the phones and, and do it, then you really, it's hard to, to get other people to do it that you work for. Yeah, work for, for, you. for sure. You got to pick up that phone. I mean, I can attest to that. Like sometimes, you know, you have those days where, you know, you get a ton of no's, but it's just on to the next one. You got to have that short term memory, just like, just like an athlete, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, an athlete that goes out there and, and misses his first 20 shots is going to take shot 21 and maybe it starts dropping for him. Hey, you know, there's been many times that I, you know, when I was doing calls like that, that, you know, I went over 60 in a day and, you know, you you don't feel great about yourself. But you've like you said, you've got to just be like, hey, they're, they're not saying no to 
to me, Phil Rye, they're saying no to, hey, I don't want tickets right now or I'm not planning an outing or whatever, um, you know, and, and move on to the next one. Hey, you know, I'll call you back next year type of thing and make your notes and move on. So um, you got to have some thick skin. And um, but when you do get that, yes. And if it's a significant yes, I mean, it makes those no, you know, all those no's worthwhile. Um, you just, you, you know, you did something, you planned it with an organization, it worked out and, and everybody's excited about it. And now the opportunity to bring them back to the ballpark the next year, um, becomes a lot easier. Um, you've already done the, the groundbreaking and you put on a great show for them. Now, you know, they're more apt to come back. So. Yeah, I love that. I couldn't said it any better. And I want to touch on something too, you know, as you progress through the organization and have been able to highlight your skills, you know, to management and to colleagues, what have been some things that made you stand out from the pack? Um, you know, especially in minor league baseball, you know, definitely everybody wears a lot of hats, but what are some things you've done individually to make sure you're successful and no matter what role you're in, and to make sure not only your managers see that, but um, other colleagues uh, see that as well. So when I first started, um, you know, again, I, I, we talked about it, but I was I was there about two months before the season started. And, <laughs> um, you know, all of a sudden it comes up to opening week. And, and I remember uh, a, a couple of days prior to opening day, our, we had a staff meeting and our GM comes in and we're talking about, you know, procedures and priorities and you know who's got what and who's doing this and you know uh, just kind of getting everything laid out make sure we're all on the same page and um, he said you know out loud to everybody is there anybody in the room that I haven't given a game day job to and everybody in our office kind of had a game day job somebody set up fan assistance somebody you know uh, was checking wristbands in the picnic pavilion somebody did this somebody did that and um, I raised my hand because he hadn't talked to me about anything. And I maybe I shouldn't have. But, um, <laughs> you know, it's kind of one of those like you take a step, you know, you don't take a step forward, but everybody else takes a step backwards. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm the guy that raised my hand in the room. And, and he said to me, he's like, hey, you're uh, oh, that's right, Phil. I haven't talked to you yet. Um, we want you to be our on field guy. And I said, OK, that's great. And everybody left the meeting room and, and a guy that I had gotten to know pretty well in the office uh, was, was sitting in there. And I looked at him and I go, what the hell is the on-field guy? <laughs> and he goes, oh, you're going to be the on-field MC. You're going to give you a microphone and you're going to go out there and, you know, rah-rah the crowd and do all the promotions between innings and stuff. And I said, OK, that, that doesn't seem that hard. Um, <laughs> I've never done it before, but, you know, whatever. Let, let's let's give it a run. And, you know, the first homestand or so, I was absolutely horrible at it, you know, <laughs> because I didn't know any of the sponsors. I didn't know any of the between innings contests and stuff. But then I started to catch a groove and I started to kind of make it my own. And, and I had fun with it. It was exhausting. I mean, I'm, I'm at work all day long and then. I'm doing that during the game. In addition to running up and seeing my group clients and my ticket holders, you know, I'm trying to, you know, put on a show for everybody. And, um, but I just kind of let my, my, you know, public speaking ability and personality kind of come out. And, you know, there were many times that I just acted like a goofball. Um, but that's what the situation needed, you know, rain delays and tossing t-shirts into the crowd and kind of doing the, <laughs> doing the Hulk Hogan, you know, calling out to the ear. Like I got one shirt left and I have 8,000 people all screaming at me for one shirt. And I, I could keep that going for 10 minutes if I had to, um, you know, so it was, 
it was a very interesting time, but you know, that kind of started it, uh, it off for me. And then when at the end of my first year, um, our ownership had gotten a video board in our ballpark and we had somebody that was running that during the season. Um, and then that person left and nobody else in our organization even knew how to turn the thing on. And our GM wow. came to me and he said, Hey, we'd like you to, to learn how this works and be able to, you know, kind of talk about bringing on staff to run it during games and stuff. But we need to know, like our sponsorship reps need to know what kind of files need to go on it to run commercials on it next year, <laughs> putting a graphic on it. Now you're talking about somebody who I, I took business classes. We didn't have video classes and, and <laughs> multimedia and stuff at the, at the school I went to. I mean, it was a business school and, so, but I, but I said, okay, I'll figure it out, you know, and, and it took me a while, but here I am, um, learning how to do that stuff. And, and I've never taken a video class or multimedia class in my life. And then, then it came down into, I had moved into, you know, a couple of years in, I moved into the marketing department, which we didn't have when I started there, but <laughs> we, our teams were sold and, and the new owners wanted to develop marketing and promotions department. So I went in and led that. And then in the middle of a season, our PR person left us. So I took on the job of, you know, PR and media relations in addition to what I was doing. So I was writing our game program stories. I was writing press releases to send out to the media. Um, I'm doing a bunch of different things there. And then, you know, websites come along and I started to learn how to write HTML code. And, you know, all these things evolved from there. But I think those that were in charge above me that, you know, knew that, hey, if if we have Phil tackle it, it may not be perfect, but it's going to get done and he's going to do the best he can with it. And, you know, I would research something before I did it. And, you know, to this day, I, I do a lot of our website graphics, um, our social media graphics and things like that. I never went to a class one to do graphic design. I never went to a one class ever on doing <laughs> website coding. Um, I never went to one class on, you know, how to write press releases. I just, you know, learned and, and asked people that I respected in the industry for help. Um, hey, what should I do here? A lot of it was trial and error especially with graphics, I'd make something, <laughs> I'd go put it on the video board to see what it looked like. If it looked good, I kept it. If it looked like garbage, I started over. Um, and, you know, got to a point where I, I knew what fonts worked and what size they needed to be and, you know, what colors worked better than other ones for day games versus night games. And, you know, so if you asked me today what my job description is, we'd need a lot longer than 45 minutes because <laughs> I, I don't even know what everything would go on the, on the list because there's so many things that I either do oversee or have a hand in, um, in, in doing. So, um, it's, you know, it's, it makes for a very busy day and a, and a day that every day is completely different. Cause I don't know what I'm going to walk into in the morning when I walk in the office. <laughs> yeah. I love that. And you touched, you touched on it there. I mean, Having that mentality to just figure it out. Obviously, you mentioned asking people in the industry as well, um, because not every person, we can't know everything, right? We have to have that learning mentality and figuring it out. 
Um, how important is that for students, you know, especially young professionals to whether or not, you know, they, they finish in college and, and continue on uh, to get a master's or if they do or they don't, but how important is it to have a learning mentality in the professional world? I think it's it's very important. You know, something that that I always tell and I, I, I speak to a lot of students, especially in the fall. I, I you know, zoom into classrooms, especially at my alma mater and stuff like that. And a lot of people in sport management programs and things. And, you know, some of the some of the big things that I tell them are, you know, first and foremost, when you're if you're trying to get into the sports world or the business world or whatever, you know, be the person that goes and asks what you can help with or what you can do next versus being the person that's sitting there waiting for somebody to come ask you to do something. The person that asks you uh, that, you know, the person that comes to me and says, hey, I'm done with the project you gave me. Do you have anything else for me? Or is there anything I can help with is going to probably get the next thing that I need help with versus the person that's sitting in the conference room or at their desk or something waiting for me to come to them and go, hey, I've got something for you to do. I might get to that person, but the, the task that I'm going to have that person do is probably very remedial compared to what the person who came to me, you know, looking for something to do. Um, and I've always found that those people uh, that are proactive tend to learn quicker learn faster, learn better, and become the more the person that I'm going to go to when I need something uh, important done or something that's timely or something that, you know, we really we've got to get done here because that person has shown the initiative to come to me and say, hey, I finished what you asked me for. What else do you have? And, and maybe I don't have anything at that point. But when I do have something, that's probably the person that I'm going to go to if they're there. Um, you know, because I can trust that person. I know that they're going to get the work done. They're going to do it the way I asked it to be done. Or, you know, if, if they have any questions along the way, they're not going to just do something and give it to me. They're going to stop, ask, and, and then go finish the project. So, you know, I, I find that very, you know, a, a, a big piece of being successful in, in our industry. The other thing is, is the willingness to take on new things. I mean, I look at it and go, I didn't know how to do websites. I didn't know how to do video. I, I didn't know how to do any of it. I mean, I learned, I knew how to sell tickets and, and I knew how to make phone calls and I knew how to, you know, I had taken classes and stuff, but I think the classes are great for the foundation of, okay, here's some things that can help you start something. But until you get in and do it, the doing it is completely different than what, the professor said in a textbook to do in a certain situation. Um, there's some guidance there, but, you know, especially in sports, it, every situation is going to be, you know, going to have a little bit of difference to it. So the more you do it, I think the better off, obviously you get at it, but the more prepared you are to do it. Um, and, and the more you're willing just to say, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm going to give it my 110% effort to try to figure it out. And if I have questions, I'll, I'll come ask you. And in, in a lot of my situations, like I, I didn't have anybody in my office to ask about how to run a video board because nobody knew how to turn it on. 
So I had to figure that out first. And, you know, I got to that point and then I'm like, all right, now what do I do? And, you know, I started messing around with a graphics program and, you know, I, I had never opened Adobe Photoshop in my life until, <laughs> you know, the, the fall of 1999 and went, oh, this is kind of cool. And I got to be creative and, and that kind of, you know, opened up my brain a little bit and doing some things. And, hey, how can we use the video board to get people to sign up for our kids club? Or, hey, how can I use that to promote an event that we have? And, and, I, and then I saw the symmetry on it because, hey, I'm in marketing, I'm in promotions and I can make my own video boards to promote the events that we want to sell tickets to. And I can also put a PA announcement in the game script because I'm, I'm writing that that goes with the video board to promote star wars night hmm, this is a pretty cool this is a pretty cool you know thing that i can do i i have control of this now like nobody else knows how to turn it on so i can put up there what i want to you know um so from a marketing and promotion standpoint having that that alliance with the technology and go hey you know same thing with websites hey it's not just game story after game story after game story it's a graphic about what's coming up next homestand or the giveaway we're doing on Friday night or the fireworks on Saturday night. Hey, let's use this, this means to sell tickets because that's what we're here for. And I think, you know, a lot of that goes hand in hand. Um, but I always tell, tell students and stuff, be open, be willing to try something new, even if you've never done it, um, be an asset to the organization. And, you know, if you have a skill that the organization doesn't quite have, or maybe the person who had that skill leaves and you even as an intern or something can go, Hey, I can do that. Great. Let me give you a shot at it. Cause I've got 14 other things to concentrate on right now. And if it takes something off my plate that I can give to somebody else that, that has a, uh, some skill in that, that's how you, you know, get noticed and, and get more experience doing what you're doing. Yeah, for sure. I love it. Always be willing to help and ask for more projects and responsibilities. So talk about how what strategies you use to do that, because obviously as an individual contributor, it can be challenging. You know, you got your typical day to day things, but how do you prioritize, you know, your priorities as an individual contributor um, and then eventually seeing that opportunity to take on more things, you know, uh, and eventually get to a leadership role? You know, I think, it, you know, it's something that, that I always tell people when I, when I bring them into our organization, if I'm, if I'm the one hiring them, um, that I want to know what their interests are. I've never had somebody that let's say we're hiring for a sales position, come in and tell me that they are dying to do sales. Like that's what they <laughs> wanted. Like, I don't think anybody is sitting there going, man, if I could sell, you know, $8 group tickets all day long for the rest of my life, man, I would be excited. I, it just doesn't happen. Um, but I want to know from that person's perspective, like what other, th what are you really interested in? Like is journalism something you're interested in? Is graphics something you're interested in? And Hey, maybe during the nine to five of the day, your supervisor, your, you know, your director in, in group and ticket sales has you pounding the phones or, you know, doing a project or whatever the case might be. But let's say me as the, as the marketing promotions PR department head, you know, 
sitting there going, hey, you know what? I, I really could use some help writing a, a couple of game stories for the game program. Well, you know what? If, if that's something you're really interested in doing, you probably would do that while you're watching TV tonight. You know, you'll you'll take that home with you. Not that I'm going to ask you to take it home, but if that's something that you really want to get into and and, you know, have something in your portfolio and have some some something on your resume. Hey, you know, I'll, I'll do that tonight. Let, you know, give me a crack at it and I'll give them a deadline and I'll tell them what I want them to write about and how many you know words or pages it has to be. Um, and I'll give them a shot at it. And, you know, then they'll get it to me by the deadline. We'll go over it. We'll edit it. You know, we'll look at some different things, some ways to phrase some things differently um, and and publish it in our game program. And then as they get a little bit, you know, maybe, hey, the next time they get another one or another one. Um, I wouldn't be afraid in an organization as long as your number one responsibilities are are done and they're done well to turn around and, and to tell your supervisor, hey, I, you know. You look at minor league baseball, I mean, there's 10, 12, 15, 20 people on staff. We're not talking about major corporations here. So tell your supervisor, tell the the other department chair, hey, I'd really like to help you with X, Y, and Z. Is there an opportunity I can do that? Well, hey, for me, I'm going to go to your department, you know, lead or director and say, hey, you know, Jimmy's indicated an interest in helping to write some stuff for our game program or write some game stories for the website or helping out here and there. Hey, do you mind if, you know, if they take part in this and maybe take a half hour out of their day to, to concentrate on this and Hey, as long as they're doing their, their job to the best of their ability and what they're hired for and can spend a little extra time doing some other things or take it home or whatever, Nobody's going to have a problem with that, I, I would think. I, I would never have a problem with that because it's somebody showing initiative and looking to branch out a little bit. And, you know, as long as it doesn't become they're sitting there at their desk writing, you know, a game story that takes them seven hours and they only got one hours, one hour of sales in today. Um, but if you can find that balance and, and a way to make it work, I want people to to do that. I want people to come to me and say, hey, what can you you know, what can you, uh, what can I do? Hey, I really have an interest in this, um, writing or, you know, graphics or something. Hey, can I make a graphic for the website that you'll use? What do you need me to make it to look like? What is it going to have in it? You know, that's great. Um, it doesn't happen all the time. Um, but those that do, um, you know, I think out there in the, in the, in the sports industry, certainly uh, can have that ability to to grow a little bit and to, to add some things to their portfolio. For sure. For sure. I love it. And uh, I want to ask, too, you know, what do you enjoy most about working and modeling baseball? And what are some maybe misconceptions that maybe a typical fan might not know or, you know, maybe a student might is not aware of? unless you work in the business side of minor league baseball, besides obviously the long hours. <laughs> yeah, the hours are there. Uh, I mean, this year was, was, uh, you know, difficult to get the season started. There were a lot of things with major league baseball taking over minor league baseball. So, you know, the week leading up to opening day, I think I was working between working in the office and working at home. I think most of my days were between 16 and 18 hours before I'd go to bed. <laughs> Um, you know, and, and nowadays, um, you know, I 
come home. I pick up my daughters, uh, have some dinner, play with them a little bit, put them to bed. <laughs> and then next two or three hours, I'm either in bed working or I'm down on the couch doing some stuff, getting ready for the next day. But uh, so the hours are definitely that, especially in minor league baseball, where it's you know six, seven, eight, ten days in a row. Um, you know, the, the things that I like, I, I like the creativity. Um, I like I like putting on events that people enjoy. Um, I like seeing families smile. I like seeing people forget about whatever's going on in their life and coming on out and having a good time with us. Um, I, I like the fact that, you know, at the end of the day in the minor leagues, the game, the score of the game really doesn't matter. Um, you know, it matters to some, but for that family or that group that came out, as long as it was a competitive game and everybody had a good time and, um, you know, for most people, it doesn't matter who won or lost there, you know, we're not winning world series here and stuff. Now for somebody like myself, we won the, we won our league championship in 2015. And, you know, I had 17, 18 years in at that point. And, you know, I'm going to be honest with you, it was great to get a ring. You know, I, I, I was excited about that. It was, it was, you know, one of the proudest moments of my career is, is, you know, having a team that went the whole way and, you know, knowing that we had a little something to do with it and bringing people in and, and busting our butts to, to uh, you know, bring people in and get people excited about what was going on in the field. But um, so, you know, it's, for me, it's the creative process. It's the event planning process. It's putting multiple pieces together to execute something that, that we think people are going to enjoy um, and, and have fun with and, and you know, want to come out again and again for. Um, you know, the tough parts uh, outside of the hours, I, I think, you know, for me, Mother Nature, um, you know, <laughs> you, you can you can put all the effort into planning something and getting ready to execute something. And then all of a sudden, Mother Nature has a different tune and it's pouring out or the game gets rained out or because it's raining or it might rain, people don't want to come. Um you know, so that's, uh, you know, that's kind of one of the downer parts of, of an outdoor sport. Um, indoor sports don't have to deal with that, um, but we do. I think the other kind of, you know, down parts, you know, there's there are certain, you know, individuals and fans and stuff that kind of sap a little bit of the energy out, um, you know, and, and there's, you know, the different examples. It's, you know, people that, you know, like when it, when there is going to be a, you know, Hey, there might be rain in the forecast for today. Um, but people are calling you at nine in the morning, wondering if the game's been canceled or assuming <laughs> that it's been canceled. It's like, we have like 10 hours before the gates even open. Like we don't know what it's going to do, you know, and they want it, they want an answer right then. And you're, you're just repeating yourself the whole day. Like, well, we're, we're planning on playing the game. We'll, yeah. we'll have more later. Um, but people that, you know, just, they don't, you know, they don't want to read something. They call you and like, they want you to tell them what to do. And we're never going to tell somebody what to do. Like, you have tickets to the game. If we play it and you don't come, then you lose your tickets. Um, that's just the way sports works. And, you know, for the most part though, there, there's not many, there's not many downers. Um, 
you know, <laughs> occasionally you'll have a situation where, you know, somebody in the stands wants to do something that they want to do. Like, hey, they have a general admission seat and they want to go sit in the box seats, but they didn't pay for that seat. And, um, you know, you've got to try to intervene there and be like, hey, you know, we can upgrade you, but there's a charge to that. And, um, you know, most most fans are are very, you know, willing to uh, understand and, and are very understanding of, of our situation. Um, you know, right now we're in the situation. Uh, we have three of the Orioles top four prospects uh, on our team with Adley Rutschman, Grayson Rodriguez, DL Hall, and then a couple other top 10 guys. And, you know, right now it's just been when is Grayson Rodriguez going to pitch next? I don't even know when he's pitching this week. Never mind when we come home next week. Like uh, there's a lot of people that, that don't understand that we don't make the pitching rotation. We don't make the batting order. We don't decide who plays tonight and who doesn't, Um, you know, so if there's a day where Adley Rutschman has the day off because he's caught four days in a row and he's not playing tonight, but that fan came and bought tickets to watch Adley Rutschman play and wants a refund because Adley Rutschman's not playing. Um, I can't do anything about that because I don't make the lineup, you know? Um, so there, there are a few occasions in that. And, um, you know, unfortunately there, there are many outside influences that, that we have no control over, but, we try to do our best with those. We try to make everything work as best as possible. And, you know, every once in a while, we're just not able to, but we're going to, hopefully we're going to try to win, win out 98, 99% of the time and, and, and make it, make everything, you know, uh, as, as good as we possibly can for, uh, for those folks. Yeah. I love that. Um, and I couldn't say it any better. Definitely a lot of good stuff there. Um, you gotta love the rain delays. Those are all, you always got that. No, you don't. That... <laughs> I know. No, you don't. Uh, exactly. I, I, I kind of say that I am semi permanently retired from pulling tarp. Um, <laughs> Twenty years of pulling tarp. I, I, you know, I, I, it just doesn't happen with my back and my knees anymore. Uh, I'll do it if I have to, but uh, we get a lot of younger people that can can get out there and run a lot faster than I can. So, um, <laughs> yeah, those tarp pulls, man, definitely uh, can definitely uh, do a lot. So can um, shorten a life. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, so I'll leave leave with this. Um, you know, talk about you, you've been in sports a long time and have you know got to leadership position. Um, you know, have a family. Talk about you know the work-life balance if there is something you know if there is anything such like that um but how do you do it and i think it's important not just work-life balance but more importantly that quality time uh, that you spend with family and how you know you strategize to do that yeah it, it's tough you know especially in minor league baseball where our schedule is so packed up over you know five months or so plus you know you get that that lead in where, you know, you got to get a lot of things ready in a short amount of time. Um, you know, I have a very understanding family. I, I, I like to think, um, you know, I do make it a point almost every night that even if I'm at the ballpark that, you know, right before my girls go to bed, um, I do a FaceTime just to say good night and <laughs> you know, see how their day was. Um, you know, I try to, you know, do as much as we can with them when, when I don't have to be at the office, um, 
I can, I can always do more and I can always be better at it. And those are things that, that I work on and learn, um, you know, during the season, you know, especially this year where every homestand is a six game homestand, um, you know, it's one of those tough things on my wife because, you know, she's basically a, a single parent for six straight days. Um, you know, I do take my girls to school every day, uh, and drop them off. So I, you know, I get to spend a little bit of time with them at breakfast and getting them in the car and buckling them up and, and driving to school. And, um, we have some things we do in the car that are fun, you know, <laughs> different little games and stuff that we play. So we try to make the best of that. Last summer was, was very unique. Um, we didn't have any games and events because of the pandemic. So, um, we were able to actually go up to, uh, my mother's house and, and spend a week, you know, with, with her. And that was unusual because I haven't had a summer vacation since 1998. <laughs> um, I think was the last time because, uh, so, you know, it's, it's tough. And then, you know, my wife works in, in the school systems when my season's over, she starts up. So we have complete opposite schedules. So, you know, she gets the summer, you know, summer off basically. Yeah. And uh, that's my busy time. So we try to do some different little, you know, weekend things here and there and try to do things that are special for the girls and, you know, make that time. Um, but, you know, my, my wife understands that I have a lot of responsibility and, and, you know, there are things that I've got to do and sometimes I can't get it all done during the day. And, you know, if I gotta, if I gotta do it at night, then, you know, I'm doing it because I have to, um, not always because I want to, but, you know, because there are others that are counting on me to, to have stuff ready for them or, or, or whatever the case might be. So, you know, baseball is hard, um, especially in the minors. If, if you were in the major leagues and I was working in marketing, I would be doing marketing. Um, and, and that's what my job would be. And I wouldn't be scheduling team hotel rooms on the road. And when they come home and bus schedules and buying uniforms and putting together theme nights and doing websites and you know, I would send an email to the website person saying, hey, we need to get this up on the website to promote this event. Here's the text. Make a graphic. Let me see it and let the graphics design person do it. Well, you know, all in one, I, I, I am the website person. I'm the graphic design person and the marketing <laughs> and promotions person. So I got to tell myself what to do and figure out what comes first. <laughs> you know, um, do I make the graphic first? Do I write the text first or do I kind of do it at the same time and figure it out on the fly? Um so, uh, you know, it, it is it is hard. It, you know, I, I imagine I've never worked in basketball or hockey or football, um, but I imagine that those are a little bit easier on the work life balance because there's less games and less games during the week. Um, you know, basketball might have three home games in a week, you know, at most um, hockey, maybe two. So there's a little bit more time between, whereas baseball, it's it's six nights in a row uh, or six, six, five nights in a day game in a row or something like that. So um, it tends to be a little bit more, uh, a little bit tougher uh, over those five months or so. But um, we make it work somehow. And, um, you know, sometimes I've seen many people that, you know, have gotten into this business um, young and then, you know, got older in it and got married and had kids and got out. Um, I've seen many that have got in it and stayed and thrived. Um, it's personal preference. It's family situation. It's location. 
Um, there's a lot that goes into it, but um, so far we've been able to make it work, knock on wood, and, uh, and, and hopefully <laughs> continue to do so. I love that. I love that, Phil. It's been a great conversation. A lot of good stuff. Our listeners will definitely enjoy it. If people want to get a hold of you, you know, what's the best way to do that? Uh, best way, you know, email me. Um, I'm, I'm very quick on the emails. Uh, um, so it's it's P-W-R-Y-E at BaySox.com. Um, and uh, I, I, I do have the socials. I don't uh, I don't do a ton on them. <laughs> um, you know, and I try to keep those just kind of for, for my friends and family and stuff, but I, but I am out there on, on that stuff, um, you know, here and there, uh, I have to do enough social media for the team that by the time I get to my own, it's like, eh, nobody cares what I have to say. <laughs> so I'm not, I'm not that interesting out there, uh, on that, but, uh, yeah, that's, that's the best way or just go to our website and our staff page and, I, and I'm there as well. Awesome, Phil. Well, I know uh, the Bowie Bay Sox organization is, you know, excited to have fans in the stands. I'll be out later this month in June for a Saturday uh, game on the 26th. So I'm excited for that because the game that I was planning to go to got rained out. So, <laughs> so I exchanged my tickets and I'll be coming down uh, later this month. So I'm excited to check, uh, check things out. Haven't been to a Bowie game in a while, so. It's great to see fans in the stands, right? Yeah, it, you know, that was the nice part on opening night this year, just was to, to open it back up and, and to see see some faces that we hadn't seen since the playoffs of 19 and just, you know, get the get the smells back again and the, <laughs> and the sights and the sounds. And, um, you know, everybody was just happy to be back out of their homes and, and, and at the ballpark again. Um, and, and that's been nice to see over the first couple of home stands that we've had. And, and hopefully that continues um, and, and people continue to come on out. We have a very, very exciting team right now. We, we've kind of coined it the best team in minor league baseball. <laughs> um, we've been putting that out there a lot. And, and to, to right now, by, uh, by our record, we are the best team in minor league baseball, uh, 21 and 7 as of, of the recording of this. Um, and, and, uh, six games on the road in Binghamton this week. And, uh, hopefully we can come home with that same thing. Our, our, our team is filthy. I mean, in terms of pitching, we've got, you know, three, four really good stud pitchers, you know, that's led by Grayson Rodriguez and DL Hall and Kevin Smith and, um, Mike Bauman right now is, is with us. So lots of, lots of, you know, just great arms in the offense there led by Rutschman and Taryn Vavra and, and, and guys like that. So it's, it's been really fun to watch, um, you know, in 22 years with the Bay Sox, I've seen some teams that can't hit and pitch. I've seen some <laughs> teams that can do both. I've seen teams that can do one and not the other and vice versa. Um, I've seen a lot of guys come and go, but this, this team, the way we are constructed right now is, is pretty special. And, um, you know, for, for Orioles fans that want to see these guys up in the big leagues, they got to get their time, you know, right now, Rutschman's had 250 minor league at bats. You need a, need a little bit more than that before you go to the big leagues. But, um, you know, he certainly looks like he's going to be a star of tomorrow, but we want people to come see him up close today and, and get their own read on these guys and, you know, tell everybody what they saw and, and, uh, and look forward to them climbing that ladder, but we'll be excited to have them as long as they're with us. And, uh, you know, hopefully uh, they can con- continue to perform at, at a high level and, and just make it a real fun summer at the ballpark for, for Bay Sox fans. For sure. And thanks again, Phil. I know 
the season is full swing now. I appreciate you taking the time tonight. And, uh, yeah, take care and enjoy the rest of your evening. Sounds great. Thank you so much. And I look forward to seeing you at the ballpark in a couple weeks. For sure. Take care, Phil. All right. Have a good one.